0: Welcome to the Breckenridge Podcast. My name is John Bastoni. I'm a Securitized Products Trader here. Uh, today I'm joined by Kurum Galani, a Portfolio Manager on our multi-sector team. We're gonna start like we always do. We're talking about IG corporates. So Kurum, welcome. How did corporates perform last month?
1: Great, thanks, John. It's good to be here today. Yes, corporates generated positive 2.34% of total returns during the month of January, which actually outperformed high yield credit as well as US equities during the month. This was primarily due to the fact that yield on corporates fell over 25 basis points to 2.58% during the month. As for corporate spreads, however, those ultimately widened net eight basis points during the month after reaching multi-year tights at the start of the year, and hence outperformed treasuries by 80 basis points. The sell-off in corporates mostly occurred in the last week of the month on coronavirus concerns and was the biggest sell-off since mid-August of 2019.
0: That sounds like quite the reversal from December.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, As a result, longer duration corporates underperformed short and intermediate corporates, while triple Bs underperformed single As, but only by about 14 basis points on an excess return basis. December was quite the opposite. As you recall, in terms of sentiment, we saw triple Bs and longer maturity corporates outperform treasuries. All corporates widened during the month by an average of five to 15 basis points. The higher beta lower quality s- sectors in particular energy as well as metals and minings were the worst performers due to fear of weakened demand for oil and materials from China.
0: Seems like a continuing theme that we talk about on this podcast quite a bit is issuance and uh, obviously fund flows. How did those shake out last month?
1: Yeah, so according to data from Bloomberg Barclays, gross issuance was a little over 170 billion during the month which beat expectations It was actually the second largest January total on record. Notably, over half of this total figure was used for redemptions, which includes refinancing, upcoming maturities, as well as for calls and tenders. IG fund flows were very strong during the month. They totaled over $24 billion per data from EPFR. The last week of the month alone saw $6 billion in total fund inflows, which was the largest week in terms of inflows in high-grade bond funds over the last five years according to JP Morgan. Despite the lower yields and longer duration of the index, investors continue to put cash to work in high-grade corporates.
0: Well, thank you for that, Kuram. So we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the coronavirus and its impact on the markets last month. Specifically, how does that impact um, corporate bonds, do you think?
1: Yeah, so in general, we, we do believe that it may present risk to some corporate bonds, especially in the short term, and especially for those multinational corporations with significant presence in China. It really depends on how long it will take to contain and develop an effective treatment for the coronavirus. We are continuously monitoring it and evaluating how companies are responding to its impact. Our head of corporate research, Nick Elfner, actually recently wrote a piece about this topic, which is available on on the Breckenridge website. But in summary, we do believe that all corporate sectors could be impacted if the outbreak drags on longer than the SARS epidemic 15 years ago, and if it significantly impacts global economic growth. The industries that we feel would be most at risk include restaurants, brick and mortar retailers, luxury goods, department stores, autos, airlines, lodging, and leisure. Some of these industries tend not to be large sectors within investment grade bond indices, so that should mitigate the impact from a bondholder perspective. Also. As many know, China is the world's largest oil importer, bringing in an equivalent of 10 million barrels per day. Oil prices have declined due to reduced air travel to and within China and with much of the country's transportation ground to a halt. This could also have an impact on the energy sector due to the weaker demand in China. Lastly, some some sectors, such as the healthcare sector, could benefit if some names within the space develop a vaccine or an antidote for the coronavirus. This could be a large market market opportunity for large pharma companies.
0: That's great, Kerim. Thank you very much for that recap.
1: Great. So turning over to the securitized market during the month, can you give us a quick recap of the performance during the month?
0: Yeah, sure. So specific to agency mortgages, we continue to observe a very directional trading pattern to underlying interest rates. So in other words, agency mortgages tend to outperform when interest rates are rising and underperforming when interest rates fall. Uh, particularly sharply like they did last month. A couple of factors also come into play here. First is when rates move a lot in either direction. That means interest rate volatility is going up. Mortgages are inherently short volatility as the homeowners own that ability to prepay at any time with no penalty. And secondly, lower rates project ultimately lower forward mortgage rates, which will then project faster prepayments down the road, which is also going to be detrimental to MBS performance. So January's price action was eerily reminiscent to most of what we saw last summer when the 10-year Treasury came close to the all-time lows and the yield curve that is measured by the yield difference between, between the two-year and 10-year Treasury um, note inverted.
1: Great. So MBS had negative excess returns during the month as rates rallied.
0: That's right. It was negative 53 basis points for the month.
1: And so why do prepayments hurt? Mortgage-backed securities.
0: Well, if you think about it this way, prepayments ultimately drive duration or the sensitivity to changing interest rates. When MBS prepay faster than expected, duration will shorten. Typically, prepayments pick up in a falling rate environment as more and more homeowners refinance their mortgages. Into falling rates, an investor naturally wants to keep as much duration or exposure to interest rates as possible, which is exactly the opposite of what actually happens when you hold an MBS security. The opposite is also true. In a rising rate environment, mortgage-backed security duration, MBS durations extend as less and less homeowners prepay their mortgages. In a rising rate environment, an, an investor generically wants to reduce exposure to interest rates. So this is just another way to simply describe negative convexity.
1: Great. That makes sense. So given that prepayments are such an important aspect in evaluating and understanding MBS positions, how do we measure our model prepayments?
0: Well, every month, the agencies, so Fannie, Freddie, and Ginnie Mae um, report their prepayment speeds on all of their mortgage-backed securities. MBS investors like ourselves will use a prepayment model to project future prepayment speeds and ultimately what that translates into from a yield and spread and, and duration um, or sensitivity to interest rate perspective. Um, we'll also look at things like the Mortgage Bankers Association refinancing index, which can act like a leading indicator for future prepayments. Really, all of our analysis of MBS boils down to prepayment management. And in situations like we mentioned earlier, we are trying to identify bonds that are going to keep duration into falling rates and naturally will shed duration into higher rates. So prepayment and therefore convexity management is one of the hallmarks of separate account managed by Breckenridge.
1: Well, thank you, John, for that great color on the, on the securitized market in the month of January. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this month. We
0: hope you found this informative, and we hope you join us next month.